0: So you want to have an exit strategy again. So when you when you when you start thinking different, you start thinking like an entrepreneur. You got to ask yourself again, exit strategy doesn't mean um, you always have to sell your business. I'm just saying, don't be you, you shouldn't be shocked when people sell their business for like two billion dollars. What would you do if you adopt Dr. a and You own beats by Dre and Apple comes in and says, hey, we're going to give you two billion dollars. And that's going to give you about eight hundred million. What you going to say? No, nah, I'm holding on to my beats. No, you, you built a business so that one day one of the big boys would say, we value what you've done and we want a piece of it. And you still have creative control. So you got to start thinking the same way. And if, if you thought about it that way, you would treat your business a lot different. All right. F. F is forecast and expect the best scenario, but know the worst scenario. F is forecast and expect the best scenario but just know the worst scenario. Now, like a lot of you guys don't know this, but like I'm really big in, in like law. I like to look at cases and study cases and, you know, um, you know what's the difference between manslaughter and murder? What's the difference between inviolent manslaughter and, you know, what's a murder three and what's embezzlement and what's this and what's that? But my whole point is I always notice all the great attorneys, what they do in law is they tell their clients, look now, you could do 50 years. <laughs> okay, that's the worst case scenario. You could do 50 years. I'm just telling you that up front. You might do 50, but the best case scenario is I can get you out in five. That way, the defendant knows going in, all right, do I need to go ahead and cop a plea? I'm not trying to do no 50 years. Shoot, I ain't trying to do five years everything in life whenever you make a decision and i went to the to the prison thing just to make sure i prove this point you better know what's the best case scenario for you coming out and you better know what's the worst case scenario for you going in and that way it'll help you make sound decisions from a non-emotional standpoint f is forecast your and expect the best case scenario but you better know the worst case scenario And I do that. I do that. I'll grab a pen sometimes and do that in just about everything. I'll do that in relationships. I'll do that in business. I do that when it comes to raising my uh, son. I had a parent teacher conference yesterday with a teacher. I just didn't like some of the disciplinary actions. I said, "Okay, the best case scenario is me and him going here and shake hands. And we agree on how he disciplined my child. The worst case scenario is I gave his mother my debit card and said, just buy me out and I'll be out of jail by four o'clock. And then we can go to court and, you know, I'm sorry. I put my hands around his throat. That's the worst case. (laughs) That's the worst case scenario. But luckily we ended up my man. He apologized. Teachers make mistakes, too. We shook hands and got out of there. And I got my debit card back and I'm not in jail. In business, always do that, man. Be able to be able to weigh those two things out. If the worst case scenario just supersedes the best case scenario, it may not be a decision you want to make. You got to stop making decisions emotionally And you got to start making decisions from a standpoint of with facts and math and logic, not how you feel and pride and ego. And that nine times nine times out of ten, that'll get you the best forecast. G. Get a job or create jobs. Let me say that again. Get a job or create some jobs. See. And I think people miss this. I didn't retire or make my first million dollars until I at least had a thirty two thousand dollar a year salary back then. That was holding me down. Meaning not holding me down in the slang sense. I had a little salary coming in. It wasn't but a couple, you know, a little thousand dollars every two weeks or whatever. I had the taxes, but at least I wasn't starving. You don't want to build your business with a gun to your head. And that's what a lot of people do. They build their business and they have no income whatsoever. And now their business is frustrating. So a lot of times to you guys out there that just feel like, you know, well, such and such did it and he's fine today and all of that. Everybody's situation is different. You may have to get a job so that you can create some jobs. That's very important. I'm gonna say this because we got disconnected earlier on this on the earlier part of this. Your job is designed to fund your dreams. See, let me let me tell you guys something. Your job is strictly business. That's what people miss. It's strictly business. Don't it, it ain't nothing personal. That's all. People get fired. They don't understand that for the company or the organization or whoever you were working for, it's strictly business. We thought you're the best. Thank you so much. We thought that we were gonna make. Two million of this particular division of the corporation. We put that much in the budget, it's not bringing back two million. So, 18 of you guys have to go, or somebody else is going to lose their job. So, they bring 18 people into a conference room and say, Hey, listen, here's a little severance if you're lucky, but in the next 30 days, we're going to have to shut this business down or this division down. It's strictly business. So, listen, guys. You got to use your job just like they use you. When I was at work, I didn't say to myself, oh, my God, I have my own office. It's in the corner. They treat me wonderful. I said, you know what? I need to get this money now so I can flip this money later. It's strictly business. That way you won't go postal when they fire you. Because you was in there screwing in light bulbs and they decided they don't need your services no more and you take it personal. What, what? I've been here 15 years. It was strictly business. You weren't there for sheer benevolence. You were there because you were bringing the corporation some money. You don't believe me? Stop, let your role stop uh, being a productive role for the company. In other words, become more of a liability on the company balance sheet. Then you are an asset and you tell me if it's business or personal for the company. So what that means is to be successful. I hate to see young people who make the mistake of going, you know, Mr. Bean, I believe in this so much, man. I quit my job. I'm like, you did what? You haven't even learned how to be an entrepreneur yet. You had to borrow the money to get into, to open up your business. You quit what? Now you don't even have the money coming in necessary to reinvest in your business if you knew that your job was strictly business you would treat your job more like an investment that funds your business and not a shackle keeping you from your business then you can for go back to F and forecast best case scenario and worst case scenario when it's time for you to leave you see I left my job when my residual income matched my salary I was like you know what I'm gone if I run low one one month I can eat at my mom's house but when my residual income matched my salary and I started seeing that the freedom and peace of mind with freedom and peace of mind I can always generate more income so my job started holding me back in other words I was losing money by being at work retirement 18 years ago I'm out of here because now being here with you guys is stifling my creativity and you're costing me money by being here it was a business decision not an emotional decision now I know a lot of people don't want to hear that but I'm just I'm giving you the facts of the matter you know mr. Bean, I just want to follow my dreams I understand that but you got to follow your dreams with logic not emotion and you can't follow your dreams broke because your dream typically is going to take some money For it to become a reality. Just a little something I've been thinking about for 18 years. All right. That was a great quote. The late, great Jim Rohn turning your income into revenue, revenue into capital. That's right. Capital into enterprise, enterprise into profits, profits into investments, investments into financial freedom. That's the six steps. H, hire your weaknesses. Hire your weaknesses. Now, a lot of you guys don't have employees, and that's perfectly fine. If a lot of you guys do have employees, then you know what I'm talking about. But you want to hire your weaknesses. It kind of goes back earlier to what I was saying was um, develop a management team. Hire people who are strong where you are weak. You got to know where you're weak. I'll give you an example. I discovered a long time ago that in certain areas, I have very little patience. I have a lot of patience when it comes to children. I have a lot of patience when it comes to um, projects and, you know, seeing um, inc- seeing revenue generate from certain ideas. I'm very, very patient because I understand business. Um, I have a lot of patience when it comes to um, dealing with people. Um, well, let me let me make sure I put this right. <laughs> I have a lot of patience when it comes to dealing with people who want to be successful. Right. If you meet me halfway, trust me, if you meet me a quarter of the way, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you another three quarters of the way. As long as I see you give an effort. I don't have patience with laziness. I cannot stand. I literally despise excuses because I think as long as you're good at making excuses, it's hard to excel at anything else. There's a good quote for you. As long as you're good at making excuses, it's hard to excel. It's almost impossible to excel at anything else. So I have no patience when it comes to excuses. I have no patience when it comes to laziness. I have no patience when it comes to indecision. I have no patience when it comes to... Um, Politics and, and negativity, there's certain things I have no patience for. So, what I have to do, I have to surround myself with people who are good at dealing with those things. People that have a million questions after I gave you the answer um, the first time, and you still got a million questions. I surround myself with people I say, Look, go see so and so because they're going to walk with you hand in hand and explain it to you over and over again. I'm running out of patience. I gave you my answer. You know, so. In other words, I know where I'm weak. So I surround myself with people who are strong in my weak areas. I let's go. Let's go with I and J and we're going to wrap up. All right. I is information is king. Information is king. The more you know, the easier it is to be competitive. Information is king. The more you know, the easier it is to be competitive. Now, let me say this to you. I always remember this, guys. Education is subject specific. So what that means is this. A lawyer doesn't know all the laws by heart, but he knows what book to go to or what law to pull on to win this particular case. So a doctor may not know all the you know diseases or whatever, but if you come in with a certain amount of symptoms, he's going to go to the PDR, the physician's desk reference, and look it up. Education is subject specific. So you don't have to know all the facts about everything, but you want to become a really good reference for where to get certain answers from. And you can't be the person who, you ever met a guy man or a young lady who just think they know everything. You ask him something and instead of just, you know, referring you to a great mechanic, They tell you they can fix the car. Oh, man, don't worry about that. Give me a couple of dollars, man. I know everything about the car. No, you don't. Education is subject specific. Just because you're an attorney, it doesn't mean you know anything about the advantages of a home-based business. Just because you're a business owner doesn't mean you know anything about law school. Just because you're a doctor don't mean you can bake a cake. And just because you're a chef don't mean you can take out my liver. You see? Do a liver transplant. So, information is king. But here's the key. You have to know where to get the information you don't have. You need to become what's called a excellent reference and get the information, be able to get information from somewhere, right? Excuses are tools of the incompetent and those who specialize in them seldom go far. Correct. Correct. Excuses are tools incompetent people use to build bridges. Those who dwell in them seldom amount to anything. Correct. We both said the same thing. I love it. I love it when you're in sync, man, when you're in sync with the same, same individuals. So remember, education is subject specific, guys. I, I'll give you guys a, a quick story. I hate to interrupt, but we got to take a break. I got to pay some bills. This segment was sponsored by the Instincts Training Series. Do you guys know you are the highest form of intelligence watching this video? That means you're a human being. Well, God created other animals as well. There are millions of other species, and I teach you how to tap into your instincts by using what God gave them and their survival mechanisms so you can reach your full potential. Do me a big favor. Visit BrianNBean.com. That's BrianNBean.com for a glimpse and a free keynote into our instincts training series, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Now, enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, a friend of my mother's is a very, very wealthy attorney i mean extremely wealthy like swimming pool inside his house and outside you can it has a tunnel where he comes down his bedroom down like a little pole into an indoor pool and it goes out to an outdoor pool through the house like this how wealthy he is his um tennis court seats 150 people indoors his tennis court seats 150 people indoors you can watch him and his son play tennis inside the house is I think 17,000 square feet. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And look, this was in the 70s. (laughs) Y'all hear what I'm saying? He had his house in the 70s. So you can just imagine. He had millions back then. Yeah, damn. Okay. I got video of this. I'm telling, I've been there. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I saw. I got video of this. I'm going to dig it up one day. He told me not to do my business. Yep. Didn't believe in the model. Didn't think it would work. Um, this doesn't make sense. And I told him with all due respect, you are an attorney and you don't know anything about the business that I'm in. Uh, now I said that in the house that I was talking about. So it took some big kahunas to say that, but I just, I was very, very young, but I just always believed that the person talking to you may be successful, but if they're not successful at what you are talking about, then you may need to talk to somebody that's successful at what you're talking about. You see, that's the that's that's the important thing. So, and he's still, he's still my mentor, don't get me wrong. And to his credit, I will say this. He was right. <laughs> he was right about the business that I was in. I mean, it did not work. But the model and the education I got from that catapult to me where I am today. So shout out to him. He actually was right. But what I'm saying is that information didn't deflate me because I knew the type of business I was in and I knew that he wasn't necessarily was not necessarily in the same business. All right. If you're not successful in that area, they can't show you how that's if they aren't successful. That's right. I don't know why people. Let me give you all a great response when people say, you know, or you know, we such and such did it and it didn't work. And such and such tried that and it didn't work. Watch this. And how long have you been getting advice from unsuccessful people? Think about that for a minute. And how long have you been getting advice from unsuccessful people? You, the next time somebody challenges your goal and dream and tell you that somebody else tried it and it didn't work, you look them dead in the eye and say and how long have you been getting advice from unsuccessful people? All right, let's go to Jay. Justify business decisions with financial cost slash benefit analysis. I kind of hit that earlier too. So I'm a little ahead of myself. Justify business decisions with financial cost benefit Analysis. I'm telling you guys right now, man, if you make decisions emotionally, you always going to regret it in business because emotions are temporary. The decision you make a lot of times was only working for that moment and you made a permanent mistake. You see, here's what I tell people, man. I, I never want you guys to forget this. This is a lot of the things I teach aren't just in business, but it's in life if you ever get down on yourself and depressed and you feel like your self esteem is is low and things aren't going the right way. Well, what you have to remember is that's a temporary state. So if that state is temporary, then the following emotions are also true and just around the corner, happiness, joy, abundance, You know, the the endorphins and things that you need to send yourself chemically only happen when you hold your chin up and hold your posture up. See, a lot of people don't realize this, but it's almost impossible to be in a depressed state of mind and have low self-confidence when your chin is high. Half of your life is structured around the way you carry yourself and your posture. The way you posture yourself will change how you feel. And when you change the way how you feel, when you you change how you feel, you change how you act. So, People miss that, but a temporary state of depression is only a chemical imbalance for a short period of time. You can flip that if you change your posture first and in that temporary boost, if you will, of adrenaline, when those endorphins are kicking in and that dopamine is telling you to do exactly what you need to do, when you take action in that direction, then guess what? You take yourself out of an immediate funk. In other words, write this down. Taking action now brings satisfaction now. Taking action now brings satisfaction now. As a human being, you were born to grow and strive and struggle in order to survive. You weren't you weren't you're not put on this planet to sit dormant and do nothing and process everything in the world that's wrong with you. Because here's the reality. You're only where you are today because of some bad decisions you made yesterday. You aren't where you are today because of where you are today. You are where you are today because of some bad decisions you made yesterday. So that's the trick that people have to. That's what you got to learn right there. Your your feeling right now is based on the old you. The new you is not in the situation you're in right now. The old you is. So the minute the old you realizes that you're old. <laughs> I mean, the minute the new you realizes that your current state is a result of the past, which is when you were old, the new you will manifest a better you that you can look back on and say, I'm glad I met him. Now, just think about that for a minute. Yeah. Taking action now brings satisfaction now. I'm going to say that again. The minute the current you realizes that the current you is in the place you're in because of what the old you did, the habits, the old you had, the decisions, the old you made, then the future you will look back on the current you and be glad you made the decision that you made. So that's why you always hear me say in a lot of my keynote addresses, there's only one tense and that's the present.